Since the dawn of time, mankind has searched for ways to shelter themselves from the elements. Over the centuries, these shelters have evolved from bamboo huts to concrete towers. The last few years, there's been a push to save the planet. Are you ready to embark on a more sustainable lifestyle? Look no further. You're about to enter the adventures of container home living. And now, contractor, radio and TV personality, and your host for Boxcar Universe, Steve Dubell. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell, host of Boxcar Universe, along with my co-host Mel Alva. And here's what's coming up on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe. Are you thinking that your castle, cabin, or container home is in need of a makeover? Kirk Dempster from Gila Cabinet and Stone is here with us to explain the variety of products and services his company has for your remodel, including cabinets, stone countertops, and plumbing fixtures. It is a one-stop shop. How about all the DIY homeowners building their own container home? Our second guest today is Micah Woods from Uncontained Dreams. Did just that. Listen and learn from someone who has done it. All that and more on this week's edition of Boxcar Universe, your home for container sustainable lifestyle living. And uh, we've got a lot happening on the show today, and Mel is on the move. And uh, we're trying to catch up with her, but she keeps evading, evading me trying to catch her. <laughs> Mel, how are Good you? Good morning, Steve. How are you? Oh, uh, we're doing just fine. Everything, you know, and Mel, we say that because Mel was taking care of some clients and uh, on the road up in, uh, up in Vegas. And this uh, is right. Yeah. Tell us what was going on up there. Oh, wait well, a minute. You can't um, tell us what happened in Vegas. It has to stay in Vegas. Oh, yes. It stays in Vegas. Uh, well, I won't tell you everything. Okay, just um, enough. But uh, no, uh, Las Vegas World Market happens twice a year, obviously. Uh, if you're in the design, architecture, or furniture uh, world, you know uh, what's going on. Um, so it's a big week event that uh, takes place uh, mainly end of July and then end of January. They do it twice a year. So uh, just getting back from that, and it was uh, pretty crazy. Um, lots of people, lots of things to see, and upcoming styles and colors and all kinds of fun stuff. Was it much different uh, than January? Uh, I, there was a few extra things out. Um, you know, I will say that January market is probably the better market to attend if you really want to see the upcoming colors and styles and fashion for the rest of the year. Um, that's kind of their big break into the year is in January. But, uh, you know, we did find uh, quite a few things um, at some of the, the manufacturers uh, this time around and um, some new colors, which I'm not going to give that away just yet. But um, pretty interesting. And my clients had a very successful market and, uh, I had uh, one set of uh, clients that, um, you know, they're from Europe and uh, we were able to negotiate with some amazing hand-woven rug uh, company and we uh, got a lot of amazing things. So um, it was interesting, well, let's, to say the least. Well, that was great. You know, and I was probably more interesting than the pl flight home, though, I bet. Actually, we drove. Oh, uh, you drove. 
yeah, we drove. So I didn't get home until very, very late last night. Um, I had an appointment that I couldn't change for today, but, uh, you know, uh, market is actually still going on today and it will end tomorrow. But, uh, for all the designers and store owners and everybody that's up there, uh, they're enjoying themselves, but at least the, uh, manufacturers will give you some really good, uh, free food and drinks all day long, you know? Well, that's Keep you busy. Good. That's always good. Free food and drinks. That's always wonderful. <laughs> yes. It keeps you going. Yeah. They, you need, it's so big that, you know, you just, that you need energy to walk it. You absolutely do. And, um, you know, the, the great part is, is if you can find the time, there's some great seminars that you can attend. Um, you know, some are great for CEU credits and things like that. So, Probably in the January market, um, my team and I will be doing that uh, as well. But keep you on the uh, the updated and upcoming uh, styles and, and trends that are coming out for that the rest of the year. So it's kind of nice to stay ahead of the curve, basically. Yeah, definitely. Always good to be ahead of the curve. Well, you know, That's we want right. we want to get ahead of the curve. You know, with a lot of people, again, like you know, Mel, with that are. Wanting to stay in their home or cabin or castle, as we say, and it's it's time for a makeover. But uh, our good friend Kemp Dempster, uh, Kirk Dempster from Gila Cabinet in Stone is here with us, and he's going to be explaining uh, a little bit about what his company does and why it should be your one-stop shop for your next remodel. And Kirk, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks. Great to be here, Steve. All right, tell our listeners a little bit about. Uh, your company and uh, some of the things that the wonderful things you guys do. Well, Healy Cabinet and Stone is uh, located in um, Central Phoenix, more or less. Uh, we've got a warehouse over on uh, McDowell and uh, 45th Avenue, and our um, inventory is is quite extensive. We have several uh, different colors and uh, door styles in uh, flat packed cabinetry that we bring in, uh, primarily manufactured in Vietnam. We have a sister warehouse in uh, California that enables us to backfill the warehouse uh, here. And um, we've kind of expanded from cabinetry and stone uh, where uh, our, you know, our core uh, product selection is. And now we've branched out and uh, started to offer some uh, popular sinks. We've got uh, range hoods. We have uh, even uh, some fireplaces and... Um, Certainly, uh, you know, faucets, things to kind of complete a, a kitchen or bath remodel project. Well, yeah, that pretty much covers a lot of it. So you you do get into some appliances then? Uh, really just with the, the range hoods. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the rest we kind of leave up to uh, up to the appliance specialists that, you know, meet the customers' needs from a capacity and, uh, you know, everybody's household is a little different in what, uh, you know, what suits them for appliances, refrigeration uh, capacity for the number of kids that are in the house and the like. But uh, uh, anymore, a lot of our uh, customers that have chosen to stay in a home have decided to, uh, now that they're empty nesters, be more uh, entertainers and they're putting in, uh, you know, refrigeration and wine coolers that kind of suit, uh, you know, that next phase of life. It's amazing what happens when the kids leave, isn't it? <laughs> it's just they 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 take up such a big part of your life, and you're always worried about that. But then when it comes time when they, you do become an empty nester, then uh, 
That's good. You might, Mel, you know, maybe we could market that, you know, Empty Nesters Remodel Project. What do you think? Oh, it's it's a real thing. Absolutely. <laughs> it is. You know, it's right along with aging in place anymore. Uh, you know, we have uh, we have more healthy seniors out there that don't necessarily need to go to a home. Uh, they just need their home to be the right home. And uh, sometimes it's just the configuration, how it's laid out. Maybe we're accommodating someone in a chair or someone that can't reach up to, to uh, wall cabinets anymore. But there's a lot of conveniences that uh, we can build in to, you know, make it just right. It's, you know, that's, that's important because there are a lot, of, I think, a lot of, uh, you know, homeowners, even with older, older cabinets that maybe you're just looking for, um, like I had done about, uh, oh, close to 20, uh, slot, you know, pull out, slide out, uh, drawers on where the shelves were because they were getting old and they just, you know, they didn't want to bend down anymore and reach into the cabinet where they, but they sure, sure knew how to pack them. Sure. You know, when we, I said, you got to empty them out. She had stuff everywhere. And then, and then when they told me where they wanted and then they're figuring out, okay, so do I really still need to put this in here or can I just throw it in the closet? Because it's like everything else. They just, they stuff it. It's so much. It's, it's like a garage. You just keep packing it in and, you know, I'll get to it eventually, but I, I still have it. But then do I really cook with it? Do I need it? You know, and it's always good to do a, a little clean out every now and then just to see what's back there because you never know. There's stuff in there. You could be sitting there for a couple of years. Yeah, I agree. And, and uh, you know, a lot of times people hang on to things because they they intend to, uh, you know, hand them down to, you know, the next generation or something. And uh, and uh, there's, you know, appliances out there or, or uh, cooking devices out there that kind of supersede that. Uh, I would say deep fryers might fall into that category. Where anymore we've got air fry ovens and that's the direction everyone wants to go. Right. So, you know, just, you know, go ahead and take your lumps and, and uh, get rid of it. But well, that's uh, it's something we certainly work out on the, the remodel side where remodeling contractors get to the home to take out the cabinetry and they haven't, uh, they haven't emptied the cabinets out yet. And, you know, it becomes a part of the process. You know, that's, and that's the other, the one thing too, we always try and, and uh, let everybody know if you are in the, you know, in the, uh, uh, situation where you want to do a remodel in your kitchen, you know, one of the things that we always try to promote is if the cabinets are less than 20 years old and they are still in great shape, I mean, you know, st Stardust Building Supplies here in the Valley, they will actually, if you could schedule it, they will come in and do deconstruction and take them off your hands and, and get the, just completely remove all of them. Um, they usually will not deal with the countertop unless it's for mica which they're not going to save anyway but the cabinets they will save and um you'll get a tax credit for it that's great which it's is a great really way to great. repurpose too you know we, we've had some customers uh create some additional storage space in their garage and whatnot but yeah. that's really not what kitchen cabinets were designed for so uh, you know, you might find that a can of paint fits in a wall cabinet just right. But, uh, you know, there's garage cabinetry f uh, for uh, more utility type storage. But um, Stardust, you know, they make that stuff available. And there there are people out there that can't necessarily afford new cabinetry, but they have a situation where they need to, to do something. And, and uh, they've got a lot of great things over there. Yeah. I mean, if they have, uh, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a cabinet with a door on it and the paint fits, use it. Heck yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs>
<laughs> I've seen a lot of that. Your people repurpose them or put them in a put it in if they have an extra room that's maybe a, a recreation room uh, or even a workout room where For they sure. need stuff like that. Where put it in and you could always go out and buy. Um, a Formica top, throw a Formica top on it, and then you've got a space to be able to use. But um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more with Kirk from uh, Healer Cabinet and Stone and uh, going to get into some of the styles and some of the other things that uh, that company provides, you know, and, uh, and I guess the age-old question that always comes up, you know, should I do quartz or should I do granite? And I think the last time I checked, I think quartz got it pretty well uh, won. <laughs> but we'll talk about that and uh, some of the other plumbing fixtures and some of the other great things that they do right here. So don't go away. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. with Alva Interiors and co-host of Boxcar Universe. As a professional interior designer with over 22 years experience, I'm excited to bring my knowledge to the Boxcar Universe show. As a full-service interior design studio, we see your designs from the conceptual phase through to the styling and furnishing of your home. At Alva Interiors, our team approaches every design project with a fashion meets design sense to execute timeless interiors, style that makes a statement. You can find us on the web at alvainteriorsaz.com, on Facebook at alvainteriorsaz, and on Instagram at alvainteriors. Hi, I'm John Weisbach, co-host of FYI Network's hit TV show, Tiny House Nation. Now, people all over the country are downsizing, and tiny homes are all the big rage. But remember, even tiny homes need repairs, and left unattended, those tiny problems become big problems. Don't let that happen to you. Know what makes your home tick. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe, and we want to remind everybody that you can hear Boxcar Universe in any podcast player, your favorite. I know there are many of our listeners out there that um, I think the uh, chosen podcast player is uh, Apple, but whatever podcast pay player you listen to, make sure you catch us every week, and you always can go back and check out some of the archive shows that are there, some really, really great information. And uh, also, I want everybody to make sure that you stay tuned when uh, Kirk and I are uh, done talking about his great company, Heal a Cabinet and Stone. We've got a great second guest for all our listeners out there who want to do a uh, DIY container home. I want everybody to stay tuned because there's a lot more coming your way today on Box Car Universe. Kirk, so I have a question for you. What are you uh, seeing that is the most popular door style or what are customers looking for? And I also know that um, with the younger generation, a lot of them are looking for Euro style cabinets and full overlay or the European boxes. And can you tell us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, Mel, you know, the uh, first part of your question, um, I think, is uh, uh, without a doubt white shaker. And that seems to be uh, in traditional cabinets. That is uh, still very hot. It's been hot for a while. Um, we have uh, a variety of different colors on shaker, but uh, the white shaker seems to be leading the pack. And uh, we've got a, a dark gray that has kind of taken uh, taken place of the light gray that had so much uh, popularity there for a while. So the shaker door styles, the simplicity of it, I think uh, people still gravitate to. And then, uh, as you mentioned, with the, the millennials, do we still call them millennials? I think so. Uh, I haven't well, heard any that, different. Colin, do you hear anything different? He's looking Gen, at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know. We got Gen, Gen X and Gen Y, and I don't know where one breaks oh, and the other. But the, the folks that are now uh, uh, at, the, at the age range out of college and, uh, and um, you know, in career positions now buying homes, and uh, as they, as they uh, make their cabinet purchases, they generally um, shop a little bit different and um, you know they go online for a lot of their information which is global and um, that frameless cabinetry is uh, it's really um, the the rest of the world is using the the frameless cabinet and the United States is really where the framed uh, holds popularity right now so those that are looking to acquire that type um, the boxes are made a little bit differently, but you have a little more flexibility and there can be some more storage space and more access. So um, they'll, they'll gravitate toward those and uh, we offer those as well. We have uh, uh, a number of different door styles, primarily slab door styles with uh, some different laminates and high gloss finishes. And uh, you get a, a more contemporary look from most of those. So I think that that... Uh, you know that audience is definitely moving that way, and we're even starting to see a trend in the in the North Valley, Scottsdale, where uh, rustic held, it just held on for so long. Really, with, uh, naughty alder, and you know it just had that desert feel. And I think uh, a lot of people are really trying to to be more on trend in those homes and converting them to more contemporary. You know, so. I th you know I I'm I'm I can, I mean I always loved naughty alder. Okay. Um, in fact, I had when I hit my cabinets when I built my custom home years ago, back in 07, I had naughty alder cabinets, and I think the darker the darker color of naughty alder is better than the lighter trend. The lighter trend reminds me too much of that old common track home oaky kind of look. Sure. Well, you know, and, and, and it's a beautiful wood. It's, it's, you know, got a lot of color. And if you get the rustic uh, wood, you get a lot of the knot holes and uh, it definitely, you know, keeps that rustic theme. And a lot of builders were offering a, a rustic package with naughty alder trim and doors and, and whatnot. But uh, in cabinetry, uh, alder is also a very soft wood. So we have to be, uh, be careful when you look at, uh, tear out where hinges mount to the frames and that sort of thing. Uh, you know, it's a softer wood and it's going to, it's going to react that way. So we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of trend when the, the rustic was called for where, um, you know, rustic birch and some of these harder woods that could offer you, um, the, the knots and the mineral streaking and that kind of thing. So we saw, um, rustic maple and rustic birch and some of those, um, you know, used in the cabinetry because we wanted that durability. But, uh, like I said, anymore, we're, we're moving away from it. You know, it's, it's amazing though. You know, we were talking about the, uh, shaker style doors just seems to be hanging on. I had to go in to look for some, uh, uh, interior doors for a home and I went into uh, 
Home Depot, and I went in there and I looked, and they, they they've got a whole rack. I mean, and it, they never used to have this, but they had a whole rack full of shaker style, you know, three o eight o doors in there, and it looked just like shaker style. And I'm like, okay, so they I I think along with you know they still have the traditional obviously flat, but then they have the the paneled the panel doors, but now all of a sudden they've got these shaker style doors, which is something that is a, a little bit different. I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to get away from, you know, your flat doors in your home and you want to just change all your doors out, uh, even if it's just the slabs, you could, you could move towards something like that. And it does give it a little bit more style than sure. what was there before, you know, because in some of those newer homes they built when they do those six panel doors with the design on it it's like it gets another thing it gets kind of old after a while sure and you know i think what uh a lot of folks have realized now too is that uh hardware we call it jewelry for the kitchen right you you can really influence the overall look of any given door style just with the hardware that you accessorize with and now it comes in so many different finishes and colors and we've got uh we've got display racks in our uh, showroom that uh, customers can choose anything from a very traditional uh, w- w- with a lot of turning to it to real uh, sleek stainless steel and uh, and that in and of itself can kind of dictate the direction that you're going with the the design sure and um, you know there's just so much of that out there uh, I've seen I've seen hardware pieces that are little t-shirts and pairs of shorts and people actually use them in the laundry room on the, the wall cabinets in there. <laughs> I've seen a uh, little uh, uh, animal shaped with the paw pad and the dog bone shapes that uh, people, you know, might, might use in, uh, in a veterinary office where we put cabinetry. So. Nothing, nothing like a little, little bit of personality with your cabinets. Give it, a, give it a theme, right? But yeah, that's, that's how much influence just that hardware has. And so I yeah. think when you stay more simple, simple on the door style you can right. then uh, choose a direction with the hardware and of course it's a lot less expensive to replace hardware if you get sick of it than it is uh, cabinet heck doors. yeah absolutely you know um tell us a little more about the the different types of plumbing fixtures that you have well we really wanted to be a one-stop shop to the retail customer um that comes in and uh just kind of wants us to design and uh you know offer the cabinetry and maybe maybe they're even going to attempt installing it themselves um obviously we we have a list of contractors that buy from us we're more than happy to refer them to customers um but f- for convenience um you know we wanted to have the popular undermount uh, sinks to go in our countertops. We offer a large variety of uh, preformed, um, preformed countertop material, standard depths for bar um, applications and that kind of thing. And then we offer slabs as well for full fabrication where they may want the waterfall uh, off the end of an island and that right. sort of thing. And, and uh, we make the materials available for all of that. So we can uh, obviously offer our customers uh, uh, contractors that can work with those materials. But if we can provide them with the sinks and the faucets that are uh, on trend to go with the styles that they're, um, you know, looking for in cabinetry, it does become a one-stop shop. What do you find that uh, what the style and and material that people are purchasing now for countertops are they are they really still leaning towards quartz? Yeah, quartz really quartz really has it, Steve. You know, we 
Um, there, the, the granite was a trend for uh, a long time, and and uh, I think the one thing that um, people still look to granite for is it's a it's a great hot plate. You can take something out of the broiler and go right to natural stone, and and uh, you know it'll take whatever whatever heat you want to throw at it for the most part. Um, but but the quartz material, um, it, it has some heat resistance to it. I don't know if I'd go to that extreme with uh, coming right out of the, the oven that way uh, without using a trivet, but it's antibacterial. It's just, uh, and, and, and I think from a design standpoint, people can expect uh, the same amount of, you know, variation. They don't run into having to go pick their actual slabs, uh, you know, to get the look that they expect. Right. And uh, of course, they can go right out to our warehouse and see uh, the slabs if they want to do that. But um, there's just tremendous consistency with it, and uh, you know the fabricators love working with it, and it's uh, it's really what's on trend. You know, I think I think there's something to be said um, to be able to go walk the aisles and look at the different slabs because you when you see something in the sizes that they are because they're so big. The way they cut them in, they bring them in, is that uh, you get a, a, a better idea of what kind of movement is in it, and what. And then once you do decide, you could always go back with the fabricator and say, "Well, I want to use this part for this area," and you know, and then basically kind of design the the movement in the areas that you want to show it. Okay, which I think is really important, but uh, you know. Uh, the one thing that I will always remember about when I went to pick out slabs back in 07, I bought granite, and I can't remember the name of the company. It was over in Tempe, but it was, it was think about now how the temperatures are now. The air conditioning was out in the warehouse, and it wasn't working, and uh, they had fans on, no swamp coolers, you know, nothing. And it just we were able we had to walk through it and I and we found we like what we found, but we surely made sure that we found it quick because <laughs> we didn't want to stay in there that long. But I will never forget that. I mean, but as far as the quality and the experience of going to pick out the slabs, I think it's something everybody should do, and and just and you need to see the big the big picture, meaning the big piece. I think it's so so important. Sure, especially uh, those that. Uh those that um, look like marble and, and are tended to look like marble. And, uh, you know, again, when we do, when we do that with a quartz material, uh, we can, we know exactly what colors to expect. So, uh, you know, with, with natural stone, sometimes there's a, a trend towards some colors that you didn't see in the sample and, um, you know, picking out the actual slabs, the only way to assure that you get what it is you want. Sure. And, you know, the one thing that, uh, Oh, every obviously has to be taken into consideration when you're picking out your cabinets and your countertops and your plumbing fixtures and things of that nature uh, is budget. And then uh, do you have people coming in that might be a little bit challenged when they look and see what some of the pricing are for what they want to put in their home? I, I really don't because uh, we, we have uh, very competitive uh, pricing. And the fact that we have uh, tops that are already pre-configured with an edge for traditional kitchen depth as well as certain uh, uh, more traditional bar sizes. So uh, you don't necessarily have to buy the next, uh, the next size up right. uh, slab 
to get the uh, configuration that you want. So, uh, you know, you, you, you can be more, uh, you know, on track with the square footage that you need versus the number of slabs that you need. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That, and that's important. That's important. Um, does, uh, Gila offer any financing at all? We do. We actually have a, a program with Wells Fargo that offers, uh, a couple of different, uh, a couple of different options for, uh, customer financing and some even have, uh, no pay, no pay, no interest type uh, arrangement. You always like that. No pay, no interest. Heck yeah. Forever. <laughs> no. <laughs> eventually, not forever. eventually it catches up to you, but uh, you know certainly, you know, uh, we work with a number of customers and re- remodeling contractors that are fire and water damage specialists, and and uh, it seems like nobody has enough insurance when they actually go to put it to use and. And, um, you know, maybe, maybe the opportunity to make an upgrade to your cabinets versus what was originally installed in the home. And, you know, sometimes the financing program will help you bridge that gap. True. Even if yeah, you've got because insurance the, companies don't want to pay, even if you have coverage. That's right. And they look for ways to get out and, and match stuff like that. So it gets to be, gets to be pretty intense. Yeah. And, you know, any more, um, uh, for 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 so long, remodels were kind of uh, reliant on on uh, HELOCs or or right. uh, you know using the equity that was in the home to uh, you know kind of pay for that. But uh, with interest rates being what they are, no one really wants to go after that. So uh, you know the financing option that we have through uh, Wells Fargo might bridge the gap for you. Yeah, yeah, and if it's something that you really want to do now and you can't wait, then uh, you know. But there's nothing wrong with going in and, and figuring out what might be possible. You know, I think I've had the experience. You get people that are interested in doing it now, obviously. So when you go in, you do the design, and once the pricing and the material is picked out, they're ready to go. Other people, they they call, yeah, I want to do this, and they tell you, well, I'm going to do it next year. Yeah. Well, it's July now, and you want to do it next year in 2024? What do you think the prices is going to be in six months? You know what happens every year in January, everything goes up. So it's it's something that you have to be cognizant of. And if you do get a price now, no, that's going to probably go up maybe five seven yeah. percent. So something to consider. Yep, we rarely uh, rarely see the prices go down, but um, you know we can, if you can, lock we can in. only wish. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, well, and sometimes the need is there. You know, uh, your, your realtor is always the best one to tell you uh, wh- whether or not you need to make certain upgrades in order to make your home marketable. But, uh, you know, if that's the case, then, uh, you know, maybe we can, uh, ag- again, provide the, provide the materials needed to do that improvement and then, uh, you know, get you, get you maximum value for your, for your house. Cool. Yeah. Kirk, tell our listeners how they can contact you. Yeah, we're Gila Cabinet and Stone. We're located at 4615 uh, West McDowell Road in uh, Phoenix. And, uh, of course, anybody there can uh, help you out by calling 602-888-6666. That'll get you right into our showroom. They'll direct you to anybody in uh, sales and design that can help you with uh, what it is we have on hand and uh, what we might be able to do to our, set an appointment and have you come down if you want to buy direct from us. Yeah, it's always great to be able to go... You know, get the full picture because then if you, the one thing sometimes people forget, I want to get cabinets, I want to get a countertop, and then you turn around and like, well, 
I want to change the I want to change all the appliances. Well, you know, you, you can't design a cat new cabinet design without knowing what type of appliances you're putting in because everything's different. Uh, even though sizes may be similar, but they're not exact. And if you don't, the cabinet designer can't fulfill the design without knowing that. Not to mention uh, the newer ca- the newer uh, appliances may have different electrical appli- uh, requirements. And then when you go through it, and if you redesign your kitchen, they're in the wrong place. So it's, there's a lot of moving parts there that need to be um, to be considered. So make sure that uh, when you touch base with uh, the good people down at Gila that you uh, give them the full picture of what you want to do and, and what you're looking for. Because if there's other um, people, you know, contractors that need to be pulled into the project, then uh, they can help you with that as well. And make sure you check them out online at HilaCS.com. That's G-I-L-A-C-S dot com. And uh, they've got all their contact information there where you could fill out your information. Do you want to uh, set up an appointment and come down and take a look at all the great products that they have there? Kirk, thanks so much for being with us today. I appreciate it. Thanks, Steve. Take your time out. Great here. And uh, hope to have you on again. And uh, we'll we'll see how the rest of 2023 goes. Excellent. We'll have everybody, maybe a lot of people begin getting tax returns soon. (laughs) They filed late. Maybe. (laughs) We'll see what happens. We'll take them. (laughs) We'll take them. All right. When we take, uh, when we come back, we're going to take a short break and then we're going to be speaking with Micah Woods from Uncontained Dreams, building your own container home. So I want everybody to stay tuned. You are listening to Boxcar Universe. Stardust Building Supplies is your home improvement thrift store. Find salvaged and gently used cabinetry, doors, windows, appliances, lighting, plumbing, and much more. Save money, be green, and support the community. Shop and donate at Star Building Supplies Three Valley locations. For more info, visit stardustbuilding.org. Hi, I'm Steve Dubell from Ideal Home Improvement. The uncertainty of our economy is very troublesome. Interest rates are rising and inflation is high. The utility cost of energy is forever rising. The good thing is that we as homeowners can do something about our energy bill right now and in the future. Solar energy is literally the best investment you can make at this moment and the most likely to steady your finances through uncertain times. Think about this. If you could have locked down the cost of your energy bill 10 years ago, would you have done it? I think your answer would be yes. Think of the savings you could be enjoying right now as your neighbors who don't have solar are at the mercy of the utility companies. Let Ideal Home Improvement review your energy bill and see what a solar system on your home can do for your family and budget. Just give us a call at 602-332-6203 or email us at steve at idealhomeimprovementaz.com. Let me help you start saving today.
All right, we are back, and you are listening to Boxcar Universe right here from the uh, palatial studios of Boxcar Universe in uh, the great state of Arizona. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, I am uh, very sensitive to and know that, you know, when you get interested in, you know, building a container home, you could go online and you could see a whole lot of people sharing a lot of information, you know, but until you really get into it and, and seeing what needs to be done, um, there are a lot of moving parts, much like there are when you build a home, a regular traditional stick built home. But there are things that uh, you want to be able to get the information from people that are experienced that have done this before. And they, you know, there are certain things that you need to be aware of when you build a container home and you want to start and do the project yourself. But we, our next guest uh, did just that. His name is Micah Woods from Uncontained Dreams, which I love that. I love the, the name of uh, your, you know, your website and your company, Micah. Welcome to Boxcar Universe. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you guys for having me. I'm I'm very very excited about this. I love talking about container homes. So. Oh, there you go. All right, so a lot of people are interested in it, you know, and they're they're like, you'd be surprised, you know. One thing I have to share with you before we get started is that you know we get a lot of people turning around and you know we start talking about container homes. Okay, so we're in Arizona, and if everybody knows, you know, we've had we had the hottest month on record. Uh, in, of any state ever since, since they've been, you know, you know, chronologically uh, putting down all the temperatures and keeping track of everything for years. I mean, we had, I think it was 31 days of over 110. And then people turn around and ask, how do you live in a container? You know, it's a steel container in that heat. And I'm like, I'm sitting there waiting. I'm just, I'm just like scratching my head. I'm like, do you know, they do have a thing called insulation. It kind of fills in and keeps the heat out, you know, uh, to a degree. So, you know, it's just like any other home. I mean, you know, right. yeah, they yeah, think it's like a metal can and, you know, uh, how could you live in that? But, but there is insulation. You do the same energy efficient things that you could do in your house. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all about education because it is, it is relatively new, even though containers have been around for, who knows for who knows 50 years plus i think it was i remember we did a show on that about oh several months ago i think the first container home was built in uh 1987 when they first took out the first permit to do it so let's just say let's just say for argument's sake 50 years but you know it, it has a lot of varying uses but Micah, tell our listeners a little bit about your experience and how you got started. Well, um, my experience with it. So I um, I used to be a wood shop and metal shop teacher. Actually, I was an ag science, agricultural sciences teacher, but all my classes were wood shop and metal shop. So um, I was teaching wood shop and metal shop. And then on the summers, I would, of course, like all teachers, you know, either you got two things, you could uh, just go rest and go on vacation. But of course I had to, I had uh, four children at the time. So I had to try to make more money. Oh, <laughs> So yeah. So I would, you know, I would do remodels and 
um, different because I've always been into construction, you know, and um, building and different things. And so I started doing fencing and then I would do remodels. And then I got a hold of some tiny house remodel, different things that people wanted me to do in these houses. And that I saw a lot of the uh, shortcomings with the tiny homes. Um, I saw a lot of uh, one thing I saw that I didn't like was a lot of um, I would say cutting of corners and materials. I felt like it was like, because people felt like it was a tiny home, they may not use the proper products. I'm like, it's a tiny home, but it's still a home. It still needs the same products, yeah, you know? Absolutely. Um, and the same methods of putting in, I just saw kind of some shabby work, I'll say that. So I, um, my goal was to always build a home from the ground up. And so then I, I kind of went through some life changes. I got a divorce. And so I, my money, I had been saving to do it. But uh, of course, my money was a little bit less now. So what I did was uh, I said, you know what? All those tiny homes and all that all that stuff I've been checking out and looking at and working on. And I had all these ideas in my head. I said, so instead of buying land, which I didn't have the money, the, the capital to do, I was like, I'm going to build a tiny house. Um, and, you know, I spoke with one of my buddies who had some land and, and, and he had a vacant shop. So he allowed me to... Uh, put my tiny house right by a shop and I could uh, build there. And that's, that's what got me to building my first one. But it was a big challenge because uh, I was looking at all these other, these other homes and stuff that I was seeing or even going in and working in. And one of the main things I thought that they weren't as functional as I would like to have a single unit uh, shipping container home, you know? So I wanted to, I, I took it as a challenge to create like the most functional one that I could do possible and so that's how we got to the first build for sure well i mean that's it's it's kind of uh, ironic though i i can identify with what you said when you saw uh what people are doing and uh, doing shabby work and you say you know i could do something better and being able to go in it and building your there is something to be said about building your own home from the ground up. And I, I, that's exactly how I felt when I said, you know, I do did remodeling for the last 30, 30 some years. And it's just like, I always said, I wanted to build my own home uh, from the ground up, which, which I had that, uh, I did that. So I have that crossed off my bucket list. So, uh, but Getting into building the container container homes uh, I, again, um, there's a lot of different things that go into it. I know with the first one that I did, it was going to be just um, a quick model so people could see basically what it could look like. So it was more like a a, a small twenty foot uh, mm-hmm. container with you know just decorated real nice. I mean, it was completely drywalled. It had electric. Um, had a mini split unit in there mm-hmm. for the air conditioning and a, and a nice, uh, you know, wood laminate floor and, you know, where the, where the big, uh, fold doors are at the end of the container, we actually put it uh, framed in an Arcadia door okay. and, and put that in there. So this way they, you know, be able to get some natural light in, uh, as, sure. as well as, uh, being able to know that if they were going to be away from it for a while and they wanted to secure the house completely, that they could still be able to close the doors. And that was, that was an interesting situation because uh, much like, 
it is outside now when it wasn't quite as hot as it is now, but it was still hot. Being able to go out and work in that kind of temperature uh, to be able to get the framing done and yep. everything else, um, there was a challenge in itself. For sure. For sure. That was a big challenge for me because, you know, that that like you were saying, people say, oh, how do you live in a box? Uh, with the heat, well, before the installation, I'll tell you. <laughs> it was hot. I know what you're saying. Yeah, they're on to something before the installation. Of course, the installation makes night and day, but when, before you insulate it and you're building in there, oh, man, it's hot, uh, you know, because you can't catch a breeze until you start cutting windows. When yeah, you cut windows exactly in, right. Yeah. That's right. You're like, like a god seeing when you cut the windows in. <laughs> you're like, oh, man, it's great. <laughs> Thank God for a draft. <laughs> oh, it's so good, yeah. Right, so but, man. yeah, you're that definitely right on that for sure. All for right. Sure. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more of what goes into actually building this container. I mean, you know, what what are some of the steps that you need to take to to get started? And, uh, you know, where you get your containers? And, you know, now they actually, uh, I noticed that uh, I read an article the other day, Micah, about, you know, shipping containers uh, are because of the world economy is mm-hmm. down that their prices on containers are going down. So if they you, are. Yeah, yeah. So you could so that's something to consider if you're gonna be doing that. Because you know, some of those forty foot containers, they're up around ten grand. And could then, be. Yeah. And um now they're going down. So it might be the time to take a look at one of those. But I know like when we did ours, um, you know, we always look for uh either if you get a good price on a brand new one or mm-hmm. just a one-time use. Yep. That was it. That's all I that's all I recommend doing cuz uh you know, you just want to be safe. I mean, a few a few grand is not worth your health I I think cuz it's great knowing that you you know, you know exactly the history of it or you don't have to worry about anything that was hauled in it or anything of that nature, you know. So that was my biggest thing. That's exactly right. There's things that people need to be aware of and uh, again, Someone else who hasn't done anything in uh, knowing what has to go in, things that need to be checked with a container home, it's it's great to have you on the show today because people are going to understand a little more uh, about it. And then they can make that educated decision whether, you know, they want to have somebody build it or if they really are skilled enough that they can actually do it themselves because there's always something to be said if you could do it yourself but you must do it well. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, yeah. I mean, the, the worst thing in the world is have your neighbor come over and look and they say, hey, look at what I built. And they look at it and they're like thinking, why is he proud of that? <laughs> because it doesn't, because it looks like hell. I mean, you know, I've yeah. seen it. I've done yeah. remodel work before. People think that they did a great job. And I'm like, looking, oh, look at this. Look at that. I mean, yeah. you know, and if you're going to spend money, it doesn't make a difference if you do it or if you have somebody do it, because guess what? In the end, it's yours. So why wouldn't That's you it. want it to look the best that it could be if you're going to spend the same amount of money? That's it. And you usually end up spending the same <laughs> Exactly. Or more if you screw it or up. More. Yep. Yeah, it's so, amazing. Sure. All right. Okay, we'll be right back. You're listening to Boxcar Universe. Don't go away.
Chances are, when it's time to call a service professional, you need someone right away. Who can you call for those electrical problems fast? The answer is Mr. Electric, a licensed, bonded, and insured company serving the Valley of the Sun since 2000. Some of their residential and commercial services include expert troubleshooting, replacing an outlet, hanging a ceiling fan, or upgrading your electric service, and much more. Rest assured, all work is guaranteed. Call today for your appointment, 480-503-1339. You can find them on the web at phoenixmetro.mrelectric.com. Remember, at Mr. Electric, we have the power to make things better. You may not believe this, but smart home technology can be traced back to 1975 to the first home automation platform when the X10 was invented. In 48 years, things have come a long way. To truly have a smart home today, the homeowner needs to make a smart decision and call a premier high-tech company. That company is Mythic Sound, Lighting, and Shade. Mythic can simplify your life with home automation, home security, home theater, lighting and shade, plus outdoor and indoor home audio, custom designed to fit your lifestyle. For the finest in products and services, visit their website at mythicsls.com. That's M-Y-T-H-I-C-S-L-S.com. Or call them today for a free consultation at 602-329-4252. That's 602-329-4252. All right, we are back, and you're listening to Boxcar Universe, and our guest today is Micah Woods from Uncontained Dreams. And Mike, I need to ask you this question before I, you know, we run out of time today. How did you come up with the name of your company, Uncontained Dreams? Well, uh, one of the big things is, like I said, it was always my dream to build a home from the ground up. And then I came upon the shipping container homes and I was like, when you're building a shipping container home, a lot of times you have to choose things that you would leave out or you wouldn't put in because of the, the the space requirement or because of the, you know, the overall constraints of the container. And so I was like, you know what? I want to put everything that I want to put in there. And then I came up with, well, it can be contained. So I was like, eh, uncontained dreams. And that's kind of how I came up There you up go. With well, you know, too. people come up. I mean, there's always, I always like to ask that question because when people start out something, um, you have, you know, you have these, well, you have dreams. There's <laughs> no other way to describe it. I mean, I know when, when I, when I wanted to uh, switch over my home improvement show to container homes and sustainable yeah. lifestyle living, you know, I woke up one morning and it was, it was like 2 AM. I had a brainstorm on, the, on how to, how to design, you know, the whole logo and how mm-hmm. I wanted it all done and spent two hours one night, you know, my dog was up and was like, well, what the heck are you doing up at 2 a.m. in the morning? We should be sleeping. But uh, you get those, you get those inspirations and then, you know, it works out really well. So um, I think it's a great name. I really do. But uh, I think tell it, tell our listeners a little bit. Okay. So like walk us through this, the, 
know how you okay so now we have this this um desire to build a container home obviously you must have done a lot of research to be able to get started and to have the outcome of what looks good on um you know on your website and for those uh, our listeners at make sure you go check out Micah's website uncontainedreams.com and you'll see the container that he's talking about that he built but um, walk us through the the whole process of what you did and then w- how you approached it when you got started. Well, so uh, what I did first, of course, I mean, I had been watching tiny houses on, on YouTube for years, like probably like everybody else. Uh, uh, you know, I watched the show on, I remember when it was on HGTV, you know, uh, Tiny House Nation and all these different things. And I was like, man, I really like tiny houses. And one of the reasons I like because it allows you to if you have a budget it allows you to really put nice things inside of them because you're not doing it at such a big scale um and so um i did a lot of research kept researching kept researching and then um i came across a youtube channel uh from uh containing luxury um and i saw you know what he was doing there and um and then i i actually went to a workshop that he had in place i went to his workshop and i kind of looked at what they had going and uh by that time i had already purchased my container um and then i you know i i, I had just a few questions because i knew that a container once you get past certain things is just like building out a regular home Um, So I knew that once I could get past the container constraints, meaning like the the wind installing the windows and how do you reinforce that? What's the best way to reinforce it? Once I got past those things, I knew I would just have to finish it like a regular home, which I was very familiar with, with from remodeling and things like that. And so that's kind of how I approached it. I really approached it to look at the first things and the main things that I needed to do i.e. the windows and the the restructuring of everything and the framing out and the insulation, what was the right way to do it so that it wouldn't sweat, so that it would be efficient, so that, you know, it would be strong, the drywall wouldn't crack and it wouldn't move, you know, all of these different things I wanted to know. And so I I don't know if that answers the question, but that's how I started the approach. Great. Now, how did you frame it out? Did you frame it out in wood studs or de-metal? Conventional wood studs, uh huh. Conventional wood studs. I did Yep, for okay. sure. Yeah. And so, and then on the on the uh, windows, I actually, um, I don't know. You're you're probably more familiar with uh, tiny um, container homes than me, but I I kind of created a process between me and the structural engineer um, because one part of this I was looking at inspiring other people to to build their own container homes. Um, because, you know, during the time after the pandemic and things were very uncertain and I was like, you know, one thing that needs to be America, we need to start getting back to, you know, um, building, not so much physically building ourselves, but at least looking at building our nation back and, you know, it's kind of on that wave. And so I created a system that, like I said, I don't know if it's created or not, but it's like, um, it, it, it reduces the welding that you have to do. And so I work with the, uh, with the uh, structural engineer to get it approved uh, to make sure that it was structurally sound. And that's how we did it. So we combined conventional framing with uh, that welding technique and 
Yeah, and that's how we did it. Yeah, I mean, and that's important too because when you know when you start cutting the container open for windows and doors and and things like <clears throat> excuse me and things like that that uh, you you have to have it structured right and you just can't go back in and just you know think well whatever this this will be okay a structural engineer is the way to be able to go so that you know that. Uh, all the other work that you're going to do beyond that is going to be done, and the container is uh, is not going to flex. It's going to be supported, and it, and obviously, it's not going to twist because when you start cutting those those side panels out, For sure. yes, there's an issue there when it needs to be steel supported so that this way yeah. it's it's strong and um, it's it's going to have the integrity, much like. You know, when you do plans for a home, you have to have it approved by the, you know, the Department of Developmental Services of the city that you live in. So that this yep. way, when the building starts, you know, it uh, it has some kind of certification. For sure. And I think that that's some of the things like, you know, um, are very important. There are certain things that you can kind of, you know, do yourself. Um, like I said, after you get to past those points, it's just kind of regular construction. but you definitely won't don't want to cut corners in the beginning um, because again, you're, you know, you don't want to build on a, I hate to say it like this, but build on a bad foundation, right? You want to build on a good foundation. What I mean is the foundation of your work, the framing, the reinforcement, all that has to be really good or else everything else is just going to crack. You know? That's true. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You so, know, the worst yeah. thing in the world, you, do, you finish the container and all of a sudden they move it and all of a sudden you got cracks. I mean, oh yeah, for sure, and that, it's crazy because our our container's been moved twice, and we have no zero cracks. And so I was very impressed with the, like I said, working with the structural engineer. It, it was costly, and he told me no a whole lot until he finally decided that uh, he wanted to look because he didn't want to look outside the box at first, but he did, and I had to pay him to look outside. You know, box. it's a, you know, it's funny that you should mention that because you know. Because it's not so um, prevalent yet in in the areas, well, at least in the Phoenix area, where, you know, when they submit certain plans to the city and they're not familiar, they don't even want to look at it. Not to mention have a structural engineer go back in who hasn't been that familiar with doing container homes. They're like, you know, they, they again, like you said, they resist it. Till finally, all of a sudden, you know, depending on the experience that they go back and they figure it out and they're like, okay, well, and, and I understand they're, they're putting their reputation and their license on the line saying that this is certified, but when technology changes and, you know, these are different types of homes, you got to change with the times, as they say. Very much so. And that's been, that's been the big thing that, uh, I had to deal with, you know, just like I'm sure you you have to deal with like you're in Phoenix. It's just the everybody's in this conventional building groove and they don't want to and they don't want to go out of it. What I mean by that is all the authorities. They, you know, they know what uh, the headers are supposed to be. They know what this looks like. And then when you come in there with something different, they're like, but it's the same thing. Still, you still have to have headers. You still have to have, you know what I mean? You still yeah. have, to have all the same stuff. But it's just like out of their comfort zone, so they immediately kind of, kind of poo-poo it. You know, they're like, "No, no, you can't do that." So I found a way around that. I stopped calling it a container home, and I just call it a metal frame building. 
Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, but you yeah. know, and that's yeah, that's one way for people to get it. Or another uh, one that we found that works really well is you don't call it a container home, call it a modular home. There you go. Yep. You know, that's why I told I told the lady the other day she was looking at purchasing a container home. I said, yeah, when you go in, tell them that you wanted you you're wanting to see about getting a permit for a prefabricated metal building <laughs> metal yeah. home, you know like just because as soon as you say container home it's like these weird things pop up into their mind and then you know downhill from there so yeah i mean yeah it's 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 so it's funny how you have to get a, you have to go around certain speed bumps as they say to be able to get to the point and that also takes into effect you've got to be very careful because now you know people going in for loans Mm-hmm. On on uh, to be able to you know get a container home whether they build it or if they purchase it, the, uh, there could be there could be some issues because the uh, loan officers because depending on where you say you're going to put it if they can't do any comparables comparable yeah around th- that are similar they're mm-hmm. they're not inclined to turn around and and say yeah we're going to loan you x amount of dollars cuz they don't have anything you know i mean we were going to do yep. one up in um williams arizona mm-hmm. in northern arizona and um the finance company turned around and, and said yeah there's a lot of other rv homes up there but no container homes and they say well for us to get, do this the correct way we need 3 three yeah. in the area to get some kind of comparable to so we know exactly what we can what we can loan you so so which one comes first the chicken or the egg yeah exactly <laughs> right that's right it's a good way of putting it oh my god it's amazing where did you choose when you when you got to the point where oh by the way before we get into that what um what type of insulation did you use did you use foam or did you use bad oh, yeah. insulation I use closed cell spray foam. Spray foam, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. And what kind of R? But you remember what kind of R value you got when you sprayed the walls? Uh I don't remember what the R. I think it's was it. So they said that it's. I think it was seven per inch, and we have right at. Uh, it's past the studs, so some places it's like four and some change, and some places it would be three and a half. So. Roughly 20... Probably like 20, about 28, one. somewhere in there. Yeah, 21, 28 yeah. In, in different spots. And then on the ceiling, I have a, a solid uh, six inches, on the, and then on the floor, it's four and a half inches of it. So it's all the way spray foamed all the way around. It's very cool. Yeah, it's, you gotta, yeah, because you never know where it's going to wind up, you know. And, yeah, uh, for sure. Well, that's what I wanted to do, make sure it was, you know. And, of course, with the floor... I, I did a little bit of option with the floor because you can always add more on the floor if you want to. Uh, that, but that's the only one you can add more to. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, so I, I would have went more, but I was like, well, I'll, I'll see if it goes somewhere very cold. Then maybe, yeah. No. Well, yeah, either that or you could change the floor out and then do a heated floor. That's true. <laughs> I thought about that too, but I, my my budget was just right. Well, and then here we don't, you know. We don't need anything heated here, like you guys. <laughs> no, yeah, is, you know, in, you know, it, it's funny though when you have summertime in probably there too, as just, as well as here. When you turn on the cold water, it's like you know, have you, when you want hot water, you want to let have somebody have to let it run 
till it gets yep. hot. Well, in Arizona, you have to let the cold water run till it gets cold in the summertime. Yeah, I just looked at that the other day. I I kept I was trying to wash some fruits, and I like turned on the cold water and I put you know I was like oh, and then I came back I was like is this the cold water or the hot water because <laughs> it never it never got cold. It I know it was because because out here versus back east you know where the lines are put deeper into the ground, yeah you know uh, than they are out here so. When it when it, when it's as hot as it is and the ground is as hot, the water just the, the it just whatever temperature it is, it just it it absorbs all the heat from the ground and because they're not that deep, and then before you know sure. it, it take takes a while for it to to cool down. It's it's just pretty amazing. For sure, yeah. But uh, I want to encourage all our listeners again. Uh, to go on Micah's website, uncontainddreams.com, and check out what he had built. It is uh, it's simply amazing. So, things that you would uh, consider, you know, to have in, to have in your backyard, <clears throat> excuse me, to have in your backyard, um, or, you know, if you want to be able to you could get, you know, a 40-footer container like this, Put it in your backyard as a, a BRBO. You could put it on a on a piece of land that uh, is all set by itself, and that would be your primary residence. But when you go inside, um, you'd never know that you were in a container because, like uh, Mike and I said, it looks exactly like your home would look, and it's it's pretty incredible. I think you did a a great job in in choosing some of your. Uh, decor inside which i think looks really well and the combination of colors and materials uh just give it uh, a richness that i think uh any would be anybody would be happy to live in well thank you I, yeah i work really hard at that because that's the hard, i think the hardest part is um if you have the skills is the design you know because it's such a small place so everything has to be um because i really like simple and simple is actually hard to make it look simple, you know? Yeah. Especially <laughs> sure. in a small space. So well, that, that design is pretty hard. But it's very rewarding, though. I think if people want to build it themselves and they have the, the skill, I think it's definitely something that's uh, worth doing, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, my co-host, Mel, she's an interior designer, and she she appreciates this, uh, this simple design because, like, and simple doesn't have to be expensive. No, no, not at all. You can you can definitely do it on 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 a on a budget. I think it just you your mind. You just have to put your mind on it, you know. And that's the fun part. That was the fun part for me is really the challenge of stuffing all that stuff in there, but making it look simple and and just. I mean, it's just a fulfilling process. I, I think people should do it um, if they have the capabilities and the you know. Then they're able. I think you should try it for sure. Yeah. Well, I think uh, it it's definitely a, it, it's a rewarding process to be able to to do this, and then when you're done and take a look at it and see what you did, it's 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 inspiring. It really is. And well, yeah. uh, again, I applaud you for for uh, doing that. But you have to have that inner drive to get something like this done because it's not just it's not just like your typical stick build you know and there's a lot of other things to consider you know 
plumbing is one thing you've got to consider oh. because it's it's a whole different ball game. Oh, um, different ball game. Yeah. So. You know, and then that's like you said, one of the things I think that's very important about what you said is um, I think that people will maybe underestimate is the drive and the 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 stick withness that you have to have to get it done because it is definitely a process. Um a big a process. Like you wouldn't even believe how hard it is just to get the stuff to put in there. That's a job in itself, you know, like you gotta get all this stuff and you know if you built a home, you know exactly what I mean. Um um the people who are listening, but um I know you know Steve, but Yeah, no, <laughs> uh, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, it's definitely a job. It's it's definitely something in in and for those of you who can try to say uh, think well trying to get an idea of how, what what we're saying and how you should feel when you're doing this just think about for for instance like you know in January when you say you're going to have a new, you're going to have a new year's resolution you're going to go start this new exercise program and I'm going to lose X amount of pounds and blah, blah, blah. And you're all gun ho and everything. And okay. And then by 30 days later, by February 1st, you're like, what exercise program? You know, I mean, it just, <laughs> you just kind of lose, you can't lose the desire and the faith and you've got to stick with it. And it's the oh, only man. way to be able to, uh, to get it done and, and know that you have that sense of accomplishment. So. For sure. That's really And there's cool. nobody coming to save you either. <laughs> That's right. Nobody can, yeah, unless you have somebody that you're working with. Like, nobody's going to come in and, and, and pull your butt out of the fire. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I've I've sat in there many a days. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> what's going on? Here? Yeah. You turn around and say, I need a break. I have to, oh, it's man. like anything else. You know, sometimes if you get overloaded with what you're doing, you got to walk away from it because it, it, it's not like you're wasting time, but you're mm -hmm. giving. But if you're not, if your head isn't in the game that day to do it, yeah. then if you try and do it and you force it, it, you could screw it up, and then you'll be real upset the next day. So sometimes it's better to just walk away, come back later, have a new mm -hmm. new perspective, and then all of a sudden it just seems to just fall into place. Yeah. Especially when you starting to enjoy the process as opposed to the result, you know, enjoy it because it does something to you. Uh, like you said, it, when you say it's fulfilling, it does something different to you. It, it gives you a different sense of uh, patience and stick with it. And it just does something. You, you, you don't come out the same person that you started. I'll tell you that you come out different. And uh, that's one of the great things about doing it yourself. Yeah, if you can, if you can make it, <laughs> if, if you can make, make it. it, right? Okay, so yeah, if you can't make it, hire somebody. But if, if you can make it, <laughs> Mike is for hire. There you go. Yeah, oh yeah, I, you can hire me. I'll say, hey, they, I'll, I'll help you out. <laughs> there you go. All right, Mike. Th you know, I wanted I wanted you having you on the show today because I wanted uh, your story was inspiring, and I wanted you to see about inspiring other people that are, are just like on the fence and they want to be able to go back out and, and do something like what you did. And, uh, to hear your story is, uh, is inspiring. And if it, hopefully it'll, uh, ignite some fires under some people to actually go out and do that, because that's what we try and do here is trying to try and educate and entertain people about, you know, doing container homes and, uh, things of that nature. So uh, it, it's really good. But I want to thank you for taking time oh, out of your you. day for being on the show. 
Oh, thank you so much. And then to tell you one thing too, I'm gonna be doing. We actually filmed the whole process, so I'm gonna be doing. I'm, I have a YouTube is Uncontained Dreams also, so we're gonna be doing a step by step, so people can take a look at that too. So I'm gonna chronicle each step. That's that, that's really important because sometimes um, you see some of these videos that they do out there. You know, they 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 they're supposed to be instructional videos, and all they do is they see somebody doing something. And they're playing mm-hmm. and they're playing music. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. And then you, because you have questions, but you, when you do something like I did, I did a video for uh, how to uh, assemble a, a specific type of, you know, kitchen cabinet. And mm-hmm. you have to you have to explain things as exactly. you're doing it because some people exactly. will look at it. You don't know the level of of uh, awareness and skill the people are looking at your video have. So if you Mm -hmm. don't explain it and maybe we'll call it overkill uh, Mm -hmm. because you're trying to appeal to the masses, some people just, they, uh, you know, they they won't get it. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing that when you get it all up, up and running. Oh, yes, sir. I appreciate it. All right. That sounds great. Micah, we want to wrap things up, but I want to thank you again for being on the show today. And uh, again, for all our listeners, make sure you go check out uncontainedreams.com and yes. uh, check out the great work that Micah has done. All right. Thank you, Steve, so much for having me. I appreciate everything. Hey, no problem. We'll stay in touch and make sure that we get the, we get the latest update from uh, your part of the world. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Except I I want you to promise me one thing, though. Yes. Okay, so the next space launch that they have, I want you to send me an invitation. So I want to go out there with you and watch watch Starship go up. Okay. That sounds like a plan to me. I love it. Yeah, I'm a a big sci-fi buck, you know, so I'd love to see that thing go up and fly this time, not explode. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) That's a lot better than exploding, for sure. So, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. All right. All right that, that's Micah Woods from Uncontained Dreams. And uh, this is uh, one of the things that we urge all our listeners to share with us. You know, sh- make sure you share your tiny home or container home story with us. And uh, we could feature your, you know, your story on an episode of Boxcar Universe. And... Uh, We want to thank everybody for listening. Remember, we are your source for cutting-edge information on container homes and container pools. So let Mel and I help design and build your dream container home. And you can always email us at boxcarliving at gmail.com and steve at boxcaruniverse.com. And as I said earlier in the show, you can listen to Boxcar Universe. on any podcast player, anytime, 24-7, 365. And uh, remember, let us containerize your lifestyle. Have a great week. Bye-bye. You're a great American. I love you.